So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Punches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Enning, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa, is Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett with former Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa. We join you every week and hard to believe that we're we're headed down the home stretch now. Dan, three quarters of the season gone. it, It goes by so quickly, and I guess that's true every year. Some years it goes a little faster than others, quite frankly, and in some respects this has been a obviously a longer year uh, from a one-loss standpoint but kind of an interesting day Saturday how you doing today uh pretty good a little under the weather probably probably stayed at the game too long <laughs> from with that wind and and rain but all good otherwise well then uh, if you're going to be in Minnesota this weekend as we are where I believe the high on Saturday is going to be 30 degrees at Huntington Bank Stadium for the Cats and the Golden Gophers more on that but well, what do you take away from that Ohio State game? I mean, I, I walked out of there feeling uh, a little encouraged compared to what I'd seen certainly the week before in Iowa. Yeah, agreed. I, I think, you know, we're never, as former players or folks that are affiliated with the program, really interested in, you know, moral victories. Right. Um, but I think the defense played really well uh, for the most part, and the run defense specifically um, to hold up that well against Ohio State for as long as they did was impressive. Obviously, it was a little tougher to throw the ball when you're going into the win, but but even still, I thought, you know, the, the pass defense was pretty good. Um, I, I guess I was still a little disappointed in, in the offense and, and kind of, you know, the, the play calling at some points. I understand being conservative when you're, you're going into the wind and, and running the ball, but I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the Wildcat stuff was, was telegraphed. And especially, you know, in, I think it was the, the fourth quarter when they had the wind, they still seemed pretty conservative, which, which was frustrating, especially, you know, in a season like this. Um, you'd think they, you know, down a couple scores or whatever it was at the time, air it out a little bit more and and, and try to get Brennan Sullivan a little bit more comfortable. Um, but it felt like it it, it kind of slid into run, run, pass on third down, and, and that's just not going to be a recipe for success for a younger quarterback. I wonder if some of that uh, might not be in in part impacted by what Penn, what Ohio State did a week earlier against Penn State um, when when it's a tight game in the fourth quarter and yet they explode for 28 points in in rapid succession and you know that that i think would cause anybody to think twice about getting out of your comfort zone given their explosiveness yeah i I agree with that but it really just goes back to what are your goals then is your goal to lose by seven or 14 or yeah well so I think that that was my biggest problem with it, right? Because a loss is a loss. It doesn't really matter if you lose by 40 or, or one. Um, so you might as well go for it in the fourth quarter. And if they, if they rattle off you know, 28 straight points because you're too aggressive trying to win the game, then whatever. I think that happens. So I guess that, that was just my, my biggest issue with it. You know, the one thing that stood out to me in that game, Dan, was 
the fact that it was the first game all season and one of the few games the last two years where Northwestern did not turn the football over. And given the conditions that day, uh, neither did Ohio State. And Northwestern has gone. They haven't gotten a takeaway since the Penn State game, which is also kind of remarkable. But uh, on a day like that, uh, to, to finally hang on to the ball, you would think that that certainly enhanced their chances of staying in the game. And look, it's a a 14-7 game well into the fourth quarter until they finally scored that extra touchdown with about four minutes to go. Agreed. I think that's that's a huge positive. It just it shows you know what happens when you take care of the football, right? You you stay in in games with with you know probably one of the best teams in the country, right? So I think it's even more proof that you take care of the ball early, stay in the game, you know, you're going to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, which. Um, which they kind of did. Uh, so hopefully that gives them confidence going into the future games, and, and we'll see where it takes them. Well, let's see what our friend Adam Rittenberg thinks about that. Adam, senior writer for ESPN, who follows the Wildcats and the rest of the Big Ten and the rest of college football all over the world. And Adam, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, what do you take away from the Northwestern Ohio State game last week? Hey, good to be with you guys. Yeah, it was a hard game to draw firm conclusions just because it was so impacted by the weather and you know there, there's been weather games as dan knows uh, ryan field but you when you have a wind that's that howling and and obviously some rain it just changes the whole complexion of the game i thought northwestern's defense you know hung in there as best that it could it, it's really hard to defend ohio state even though the buckeyes were shorthanded and you know, to ohio state's credit they made some adjustments cj stroud is not much of a runner, but he needed to be in in those conditions, and, and he certainly hurt Northwestern with his legs later in that game, and, and Northwestern just didn't have a whole lot offensively, which has really been the case for much of the season, to answer that. So, you know, much like the Penn State game, I think you, know, you can look at it as a positive, but I, I think the, the bigger concern is if those games were normal weather, um, does Northwestern even keep it close? Uh, the evidence this year says they probably don't. But, um, you, you know, they, they did do some positive things in both both games. Of course, the evidence this year is that not too many teams keep it close against Ohio State uh, under under any conditions. And, and you're right, they were shorthanded. Smith and Jigba's been out most of the season, and uh, Travion Henderson was out as well. They're starting running back on Saturday. Adam, you wrote a piece uh, this week uh, five steps to rebuild five struggling programs on ESPN.com. And uh, the five institutions that you wrote about were Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Stanford, and Northwestern. All f- uh, fine institutions. But uh, there are two that kind of stand out because of their similarities and the fact they've kind of gone into a tailspin around the same time period uh, which is basically from 2019 on and that's the wildcats and stanford uh, do you do you see a lot of similarities between what's happening with those two programs dave i see a ton of similarities and putting this together it's, it's truly striking when you look at the success that both programs had um, for much of the past decade, um, you have two coaches who are alums of the school. You know, Fitz is obviously a more distinguished uh, on-field player than David Shaw, but David Shaw was a receiver for, for Stanford. Um, and, you know, both guys have had, you know, historic success 
as head coaches of their alma maters. Both guys have been pursued by the NFL and said, no, we're going to stay put and continue to, uh, to, to do good things at our schools. You know, both guys are paid very well, let's be real honest. But they have two of the better contracts in college football, um, and, and they're both struggling right now. Uh, you know, Stanford ha- has really not been right since the end of the 2017-2018 season. Uh, they did go four and two in the in the pandemic shortened year, but didn't have the, the the year that Northwestern had in 2020. But if you look at 2019, 2021, and this year, there's a lot of similarities with the on field results, and I think there are some parallels going forward in in how they address things. Both of those coaches, they've both been really uh, loyal to their assistants um, over the years. Uh, per, you know, in, in some ways, in, in, in good in, in good fashion, but but also perhaps to a fault. Um, there haven't been a lot of changes on their staff. They've sort of pushed pu- pushed on, and they also neither guy has really faced the type of pressure that you that you normally do at Power Five schools. You know, you you struggle the way that Stanford has and that Northwestern has. Sometimes you don't have a choice as a head coach. You are you are forced into change, and that hasn't really been the case for either of those head coaches. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they, they they both have been in these roles for a long time. They 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 they, they but they haven't really faced this level of adversity. Um, and it'll be fascinating to see what both Fitz and, and David Shaw do after the season, uh, unless there's some surprise turnaround here in the final few weeks. Adam, thanks again for for joining us. For for those folks that are too cheap like me to pay that nine ninety nine or whatever, <laughs> I saw I got hit by the paywall when you were coming on. What what are the steps Northwestern takes um, to kind of get out of this? I think I have. My own opinions, um, you know, front and center is is some accountability on, on the staff. Um, but what what's kind of the recipe for for Northwestern and I guess Stanford in the same question, but specifically for Northwestern? Well, Dan, you're not as bad as the coaches who asked me to email me email them the stories and then I just text back <laughs> their salaries to remind them that they could, they could spare a little bit of money to put my kids through college. But no, it, it, you know, it, it is a lot of what you think. It's it, it's certainly looking closer at the staff um, and both coordinators. Honestly, in Northwestern's case, I think need to be evaluated uh, as to whether they should go forward or, or whether they should change because I, I don't think uh, you know, either coordinator has made a, a huge positive difference since they've come on staff um uh and there's obviously other factors that go along with that i think northwestern needs to look hard at the quarterback position you know, you were part of a, a run of quarterbacks in the first you know decade plus under fits who were very effective um you know northwestern didn't have a quarterback problem until the the uh, the departure of clayton thorson and quite frankly it's been a mess since then it's the other than peyton ramsey in the in the transfer portal northwestern has missed badly uh with, with its quarterbacks and we'll see if brendan sullivan can, can be that guy going forward but by no means should they just stop there. They need to reevaluate the offensive philosophy. They need to evaluate the quarterback recruiting uh, and, 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 and development and, and even their, their, their transfer uh, process. Because I, I've always said that Northwestern needs a running quarterback and, um, and, and they didn't really have that earlier this season. So the other thing, too, is, and this is similar to both trans, uh, Stanford and Northwestern, is the reality of the transfer portal. I mean, every program is having to deal with this in some form or fashion. And I'd say for both those schools, it's a net negative, uh, meaning that it, it, it hurts them more than it helps them. And, and I don't know if there's necessarily a solution because it's really hard to get transfers in at Stanford and, and Northwestern. But I, I think the more conversations and 
you know, outlining that can be done at the administrative level to say, hey, this is how it is in college football right now. We, we could be losing players every year just naturally, and if we're not able to replenish them at certain times of the year and, and, be, and be really aggressive at times, in terms of adding players from the portal, it's going to hurt our product going forward. You know, there's really good teams that lose teams into the or lose players into the portal. It's just how it goes now, and so that that's something that, that certainly needs to be addressed. But I I really think it's quarterback, it's coaching, um, and 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 figuring out an offensive philosophy that's going to and a defensive philosophy that, that's going to get Northwestern back to where it was not that long ago, but it feels a long time ago. You know, talking to coaches around the Big Ten, they said. They used to hate going against Northwestern, especially when Mike Hanquist was there as a defensive coordinator. They dreaded that game. It almost, it almost affected them in, in whoever they, they faced the week after Northwestern. I don't think there's that same level of, of angst on the opponent's side. And Northwestern, given its history, given the fact that you're going to have some limitations and who you can recruit, you have to have more of a schematic edge than they have right now, and you have to have a quarterback who, who's reliable, and, and, and that just hasn't been the case for three of the last four years. Yeah, obviously I'm a little biased for, for running quarterbacks, but I, I couldn't agree more. You look around uh, you know, the top teams in, in college football, there's, there's not many with, with quarterbacks that can't run, and if, if they can't run, they're at the, you know, the top of, of the, the standings with great offensive lines, um, which Northwestern has been but but struggled a little bit. Um, when you look around, kind of the the Big Ten, specifically the Big Ten West, where do you see kind of that that race shaking out? I know Illinois is still at the top, but that loss to Michigan State is gonna gonna hurt them, and they still have Michigan to play. Um, but any any idea or, or guess how that's gonna shake out? Well, we'll find out. I mean, it would be such a shame for Illinois to essentially have two opportunities at home to all but close out the division and, and lose both of them. They obviously lost one of them against Michigan State, you know, a team that is dealing with uh, massive suspensions and you know, kind of a dark cloud over its program, and, and Illinois loses to them, even though they dominated on much of the stat sheet. You know, now they get Purdue coming in, Purdue's coming off of a poor performance against Iowa. And so if Illinois can't win this game, I think it opens it right back up for whoever wins the Wisconsin-Iowa game, which is, which is usually the, the, kind of the, the, the biggest game in the division every year. Those two teams, along with Northwestern, have been you know, the, the, the ones that are contending for the West Division year after year. Wouldn't count out Minnesota either because they have um, you know they have they have uh, both those teams left uh, d- down the stretch, but um, you know Illinois is still in their court if they can just take care of business because they have the tiebreaker advantage over both Wisconsin and uh, and, and Iowa. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see if, if the Illini who haven't been in this position before, you know, feeling a little bit of pressure coming off of last week's loss going against the Purdue team with a really good quarterback and Aiden O'Connell, really good receiver, and Charlie Jones. But Iowa shut down Purdue last week in those same blustery conditions. So can the nation's top defense, which has been so good all year, against the run, against the pass, taking the ball away, they've been outstanding, the Illini have. Will that unit rise up and Illinois win a game that I believe will essentially clinch them to the division? So uh, that, it's still Illinois' division to lose, but if they lose this weekend, 
it opens right back up. Yeah, they got that the four and record against the Big Ten West, but uh, but as you mentioned, just two more games in the division with Purdue. And boy, wouldn't it be something if if they come into Ryan Field the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and Northwestern's in position to uh, to spoil the party for them? I'm not saying they will, but uh, but that's that still is a possibility, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Illinois, we know is going to. Uh, enter a game next week where they'll be heavy underdogs uh, against Michigan on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, two teams that play really good defense, two teams that run the ball at a high level. Chase Brown has been exceptional. Blake Corum is in the Heisman uh, Trophy conversation for, for Michigan. Um, so, but, but it's a game that most people will say will go the, the Wolverines way. And if that's the case, um, Illinois would then have, have a chance to, to close it out at Evanston. You know, it's been the other way around. As you guys know, for a number of years, Northwestern's been the, the better team, the team with something to play for, uh, whereas Illinois would have uh, something that they've never played for uh, on the line with, with, the, with the West Division title. So certainly would add a little bit of intrigue to the, uh, to the game as they play for the, uh, land, the Land of Lincoln Trophy. Great stuff. Adam, always uh, great to catch up with you. You can follow Adam at ESPN Rittenberg on Twitter. And uh, we appreciate it. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend and, and the the two that follow heading up to uh, the Big Ten Championship game first weekend in December. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com, senior writer and uh, some some interesting stuff, interesting points. Yeah, you look at uh, the Big Ten West, Dan, Illinois, four and two on the conference, but four and zero oh in the division. Then you've got four teams, all three and three, and, and with Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, Purdue's got the game against the Illini. Then they host Northwestern, then play the old Oak and Bucket game at Indiana uh, the the following week. And it's one of those years where you look at the uh, you look at the standings. You think re- it's really too bad Northwestern couldn't have won a couple of these games. They'd be right in the middle of it right now with all these teams at three and three. No, I agree, and I think you know they had opportunities if they played a little bit better, close in games, out to be be right there. So it is frustrating, especially when there wasn't a dominant team in the West this year. Well, let's bring in a guy who. Uh, Certainly has made an impact for the Wildcats uh, coming out of the backfield, catching passes. Uh, he joined the Cats last year as a transfer from Bowling Green University out of uh, St. Louis originally. It's Andrew Clare. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Dave Ennett, Dan Persa, how you doing? Yes, sir. I'm good. I'm doing real good. Thank you for having me. What's the uh, what's the mood been like this week in Evanston after that uh, Ohio State game last week? Uh, the the mood has been just finding a way to win, finding a way to do our job every play, finding a way to uh, just do your one eleven. Like last week was a real confidence booster. Um, just shows like the talent we have, the potential we have, and just knowing that once we put everything together. Like we will be a force, a force to reckon with um, for years to come. Who do you think got got more of a boost last week? The offense, the running game, uh, your guys, Evan Hall and Cam Porter, and you, or or uh, the defense? Uh, I really think I really think everybody got a boost. Uh, to be honest, um, the defense uh, slowed down a team that puts up forty five points a game. Um, they slowed down a running game with. They have two good bits over there. Um, they was able to stop the run. 
Uh, for the most part, uh, offensively, we was able to run the ball. We was able to establish a line of scrimmage. Um, we was able to compete. So just the the team as a whole had a whole uh, confidence booster. Um, and it really just goes to show you that once everyone does their job each and every play, uh, how good we can be. Andrew, give us uh, a little bit of a thumbnail on, on your path to Northwestern. Uh, from St. Louis, you go to Bo- uh, Bowling Green, you play there for three years, and now two seasons playing for the Wildcats. How'd that all come about? Uh, so my path is kind of, I wouldn't say unique, um, but everyone has a different route to, to get to where they want to mm-hmm. be. Um, so obviously my dreams of our plan is to play in the league. Um, so I played as a true freshman, a true sophomore, um, at Bowling Green State University. Um, and then my head coach lost his job uh, of my sophomore year, so the middle of my season. Um, and then a new uh, staff came in as Coach Leffer, who was there now. Um, and he redshirted me um, as like kind of like roster management, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he redshirted me. So I then became uh, was that redshirt junior. Uh, when it should have been my senior year. Uh, so, um, and I also lost my sister in 2020. So oh. there were a lot of factors um, playing into me wanting to transfer. Um, one was me wanting to completely restart, reset. Um, another was getting closer to home. Um, and then another was just finding, my, finding a way to get to where I want to get. Um, I know Bowling wasn't doing the best for me in that aspect. Um, so then I chose to transfer to Northwestern, and I have no regrets. Um, I'm happy I came here. I got a great degree. Been around great people, great coaches, um, great teammates. Um, just all around um, was just just a better, better uh, lifestyle for me. It really unusual that you would come in as a uh, as a transfer and be elected a captain in your second year with a team I, that has to be a huge honor for you it, it is it's, it's a it's a it's still surreal to this to this moment uh, it's a huge honor a huge achievement uh, just thank for my teammates for putting me in this in this spot uh thank for the coaches uh just thank for everyone who has played a part in uh helping me grow to become the person that i am um me just being a light in other people's lives and just knowing that I am um, just helps me keep it helps keeps me going. Um, just knowing how much impact I can have on someone else uh, allows me to be the best that I can be day in and day out. I know the outcome at Maryland was disappointing, but that drive to the game tying touchdown that was that kind of became the Andrew Clare drive. Is that the highlight of your time <laughs> at Northwestern? Uh. I wouldn't say it's the highlight, but it's definitely up there. Um, the crazy thing is, uh, I would say probably two drives before that, um, Coach Fitz told me, he was like, um, you're going to make a big play in this game. I don't know what's going to come, but it's going to be a, 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 game, a really big play. And then two drives later, that happens. So just 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 knowing that he trusts me, the team trusts me, the, train, the team believes in me, um, I say that's how <laughs> just just having that trust, um, having that belief from the team, um, just in all different aspects, that's definitely the highlight. Uh, probably being a captain. I like captain is the highlight. 
Andrew, we appreciate your time uh, just getting off the practice field. I know. Thanks for jumping on with us, and good luck this weekend at Minnesota. Yes, thank you for having me, uh, and we do appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for the time. That's Andrew Clare, co-captain of the Wildcats, number 11. And uh, interesting story. You know, you don't hear that that all that often, Dan, a guy who transfers in and and all of a sudden you look around he's captain on the team and he's gotten a significant number of carries this year he came in i think as somebody they felt could really help a young backfield and i know last year they were really glad they had him especially when they lost cam porter to injury before the season agreed and you can tell you know he's, he's a very strong personality a great kid and and not shocking that his teammates look up to him and and voted him captain he kind of reminds me of you know Madani Navarro just been there at the program a little bit longer but very senior guy uh works hard has the respect of all of his teammates so I'm happy that that he's happy at, at Northwestern enjoying his experience the the guy who I think really continues to uh just uh, open eyes every week is Evan Hull and I thought uh, some of the plays he made running out of the uh, the Wildcats some on Saturday, which was new for him because it's been strictly Cam Porter in the Wildcat up until then. But uh, not just that. It just seems like everything he does, he's able to to break tackles and, and has that second gear he throws it into, can accelerate. He's got great vision. Uh, really, I, I think he's going to continue to be an over an underrated guy in this conference. I mean, because... People look around, and I mean, he doesn't get the pub that a lot of guys get, but it, it's pretty impressive to see what he's done. Yeah, I agree. He seems like an NFL back just because of everything he can do and, and the size that he has. And, and again, it's a shame that Northwestern isn't a little bit better this year because I think he would be, you know, much more highlighted and spotlighted. Um, but again, I think he has, you know, all the tools in the world. He never gets brought down by the first guy. He, he makes people miss. He breaks tackles. He can catch the ball. Great top end speed. So I think. Again, depending if if he comes back next year or not, I think I think he has a bright future regardless of what happens this year. Well, Minnesota uh, coming up this Saturday up at Huntington Bank Stadium, and uh, this Gopher squad. I think a lot was expected of them coming into the season with Muhammad Ibrahim coming back and Tanner Morgan coming back for another season at quarterback. They got a little bit of a quarterback controversy going now in Minneapolis going into this game, but they're six and three. They're solidly in that group at three and three in the big 10 west with iowa purdue and wisconsin a game behind the alani who did beat them in champagne uh but this is a team you know they've had those bad losses early in the year uh you know as the cats have had a few over the years but they but they had uh notably had one last year they've managed to avoid that this year they did uh suffer the loss to the alani i mentioned uh they lost at home to purdue and uh, they also uh, had a rather one-sided game, I think, I, I want to say against Penn State. But, uh, you know, they've, they've managed to keep themselves uh, afloat here. A, a really solid performance against Rutgers. They shut them out two weeks ago, got down last week at Nebraska, and uh, came back and won that game beyond their backup quarterback. So this will be a good test that Northwestern defense, which – did a good job against Ohio State's offense on Saturday. 
in in the weather conditions uh, regardless uh they're gonna have their hands full stopping that minnesota running attack it's a very experienced team and at the end of the day as things get colder um what, what do you want in college football you want a good offensive <laughs> line right. a solid defense and mm-hmm. an experienced quarterback which which they have for the most part their defense has been up and down but they have one of the, more, the better offensive lines you know in the big 10 and maybe even the country just be looking at the size of these guys so i think you know especially as you get late in november this is a team to watch because of their ability to kind of play ball control not turn it over if, if tanner morgan's playing well um so i agree for, for northwestern it's another great test um specifically for their their run defense which has been up and down this year um so hopefully hopefully they're ready for it all right well you know what we're ready for we're ready for super joe's prediction prediction super joe's predictions all right, fellas, much like Dan, I'm uh, playing hurt, uh, a little under the weather, but I'm also sick, sick of losing. Three, this, three, three losses in a row is unacceptable, totally unacceptable, and I take full responsibility, and I'm going over in a weird way here. I'm, I'm following uh, our guy Adam Rittenberg, who talked about Illinois and this being a de facto Big Ten West Divisional Championship game. At home, in front of the the crazies down there in Champaign, I think that they not only win, but they cover that six and a half point spread really? and kind of lock in their spot uh, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was last week against Michigan State that that team um, <laughs> that was a bit of a surprising result, but I do think that they they get the motivation, they look ahead at the uh, at the rest of their schedule, and this is this is the winnable game here. You got to lock it down. Um, it, with the win, they would then give themselves, because of the tiebreakers, at least two games spread. So uh, Illinois has a lot to play for this weekend in front of their home fans. I think they cover that six and a half against Purdue. All right. Well, I, I, I think you're right. They do have a lot to play for. Purdue has not looked good. Uh, certainly didn't look good last week. Kind of surprising, uh, even though you look at who they're playing and it, it account for some of that the struggles they had offensively but that's a that's an offense that's tough to shut down and they got shut down so uh, and now they're playing a defense which all they've done is shut people down all year except at times last week right yeah you, you got that exactly right dave and i don't know what what, what <laughs> i'm speechless honestly over what happened against michigan state last week but um they're they're undefeated against the west and they're 0 2 against the east that's yeah. crazy with by the way the another undefeated team waiting for them oh yeah at least undefeated at the moment so next week all right we'll see what happens in champagne we'll see what happens in minneapolis on saturday the wildcats and the golden gophers it's a 2 30 kickoff we've got it for you on wgn radio uh two o'clock Central Time on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Dan Persa, have a great week, and uh, hopefully when we speak next week, we'll be looking ahead to Purdue and a possible two-game winning streak for the Cats. What do you think? Sounds great. Bring, bring it home, Dave, up in, up in Minneapolis. And we'll do our best. We'll try to stay warm up there. Feel better. Uh, Joe, feel better. That's going to do it for Collegiately Speaking. Many thanks to Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com, and thanks to Andrew Clare from Northwestern. For Dan Persa, I'm Dave Ennett, and thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.